Well, hello again. It's me, Michael Anthony Judasissi. Welcome to All Things Billy. So nice of you to join me for our fourth and final in the series of Billy's Gals. And uh, appreciate you tuning in. We're going to do a brief recap, but today's episode is about the infamous, famous D. Luvina Maxwell. That's the way I've uh, determined I'm going to pronounce it, D. Luvina. Um, in my first film, Billy the Kid in the Lincoln County War, I used Diluvina, uh, but I'm changing it. And I don't have any reason why other than I want to. So we're going to do that. Uh, but before we get there, we're going to uh, give a recap of where we've been. And uh, let's start with Paulita Maxwell. <clears throat> Paulita Maxwell obviously denied in 1925 being the sweetheart of Billy the Kid, certainly denied being pregnant with his child and uh, pinned the uh, the uh, guilt, <laughs> uh, pinned the connection with Billy on Celso Gutierrez. Never said her name, but said everything that would leave no doubt as to who it could be. Uh, Paulita dies in 1927, and, uh, and that's that. Um, we've got some additional interesting information to talk about Paulita today. Um, but the one thing that I think we've pretty well proven is that Paulita uh, was not, could not have been pregnant with Billy's child, just based on the time frames uh, from the time he escaped till the time he was killed, and then to her marriage photo, which shows a very not pregnant and, uh, and a very thin and uh, fit Paulita Maxwell. So I don't think uh, that Paulita had Billy's child, and uh, but I, I am not willing to uh, to remove her as being uh, Billy's girl or one of his girls. Uh, next, we talked about Abrana Garcia and her son Patrocinio. I keep uh, I think I screwed it up yesterday. Patrocinio, um, and again looking at the dates, I think we've very well disqualified Patrocinio from being Billy's kid um, because he would have had to have been Billy would have had to impregnate Abrana Garcia, who lived almost six hundred miles away from where Billy was absolutely known and documented to be, to be uh, when Billy was uh, taking care of his dying mother, uh, you know, in, in Silver City. So, uh, and, and then afterwards in Western Arizona or Eastern Arizona. Uh, so Patrocinio, no, don't think so. Not a child of Billy the Kid, but Abrana Garcia uh, definitely could have been a sweetheart of Billy the Kid. No, there's no disqualifying information for her. Uh, third was Celso Gutierrez, the mystery woman, uh, not very much known about Celso Gutierrez. And uh, we don't know that she ever did or did not have a baby af around the time or after Billy was killed. Um, we know that she did have a uh, a love child in uh, 1877. Could it have been Billy's? Well, we don't really have records of Billy being in Fort Sumner in 1876, so probably not. But you know, how are we ever gonna? How are we ever gonna know? Um, Celsa died. We don't know when. We don't know where. We don't know where she's buried kind of disappeared from history, uh, but she certainly was in Fort Sumner the night that Billy was killed. Uh, the uh, famous knife that was supposed to have belonged to her, according to the chain of provenance from Brian LaBelle's Western Auctions, 
did not belong to her or certainly was not returned to her as uh, as Poe testified to. So um, again, just left with more and more questions. Uh, Billy went back to Fort Sumner for some reason. I mean, <laughs> the right that he didn't just go back just because he liked it or he thought the view was pretty. He went there for a reason because I think he probably knew, and you'll hear in some secondhand testimony here in a bit, that he would had a very likely chance of being killed by going back there. Um, so who was it for or what was it for? Money, guns, his buddies? No, 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 I don't think so. I think it was for a woman. Women will make you do crazy things. Just which one was it? Well, some people believe it was Diluvina Maxwell. So let's uh, get to the statistics on Diluvina, but we'll do that right after this. Okay, we are back, ready to dive into the world of Diluvina Maxwell. So uh, if you care to look, we, we have talked about her date of birth um, and uh, the census records point to the fact that she is, in 1880, she is 32 years old. 1880, she's 32 years old. That makes her born in 1848. Now, if you go look online from the doctored records that somebody's screwing with in uh, these genealogy sites, you'll see that they have her born 1839. I think we've pretty well dispelled this. She was not born in 1839. She was not the wife of Barboncito, famous Navajo uh, uh, word talker. Um, and she was not the mother of Abrana Garcia. Because in the 1880 census, let me get back to, I've got a number of uh, windows open here for my notes. Uh, but in the 1880 census, she's 32. So that means that she's born roughly 1848. Uh, so I'm, I'm not going to go into the rest of that silliness all over again. Uh, but uh, she, this is uh, Dee Luvina herself writes to J. Evitz Haley. And she writes this from Fort Sumner on June 21, 1927. Um, J. Evitz Haley adds his own note. I guess he took this testimony and then typed it out. His note is, Delvina Maxwell is a Navajo woman. She was brought to Fort Sumner by Lucian B. Maxwell as a slave and has been in the family, the Maxwell family, ever since. She now lives with Mrs. M. Abreu at Old Fort Sumner, daughter of Lucian Maxwell. Um, okay. Slave is a, uh, a loaded word. Uh, she certainly was, I mean, she was purchased from the Apaches. Apaches kidnapped her and Lucian Maxwell, by all accounts, uh, had, uh, in fact, here's D. Levina's words. I began working for Pete Maxwell when about nine years old. Many wor men worked for Maxwell, among them four Navajo children. He was a good man to work for and people liked to work for him. There was a, there's a you know commonly held conception that Dee Luvina was part of the family. She was welcomed in. She was Paulita's sister. It doesn't sound like she felt that way. I began working for Pete Maxwell when about nine years old. Uh, I, that's not the way you talk about your brother. 
I don't think, unless your brother owns a construction company and he gives you a job and a, you know, and you fill out a W two or something or W four, whatever it is. Um, so maybe De Levina, uh, maybe we we prettied it up on our side, but maybe she considered herself a paid servant and not a member of the family. Those are her own words. Nine years old, and so that means Lucian Maxwell has purchased her from the Apaches and brought her to Fort Sumner after Lucian is already there. In fact, she says, I came here to Fort Sumner after Lucian Maxwell was already here. He raised me as a child. I came here about 1879 and was here when Billy the Kid was killed. Billy the Kid was my compadre, my friend, poor Billy. Now, you could look at that and go, hey, wait a minute. She came in 1879 and she was nine years old. No, she was nine years old when she started working for Pete Maxwell. And she, she, I'm trying to get this even straight in my head. (laughs) Uh, She was not working in Fort Sumner at the time. After Lucian Maxwell came and established himself here later when the family moved, D. Levina came here. That's at least the way I'm reading it. Um, but it's very clearly in the census at 32 years old in 1880. So if she came there in 1879, uh, then, uh, you know, it would be, uh, she'd be nine years old, which meant she would be born in 1870. She'd be, you know, a, a child. So, you know, 12 year old child or 11 year old child when Billy was killed. And we know she wasn't. So there you go. And that's the uh, that's the challenge of these handed down stories, even handed down from De Levina herself. It's just not very clear in her writing. But in any event, De Levina is in Fort Sumner by 1879. We know the regulators have been there as early as 1878 and probably earlier. Uh, but Doc uh, Skurlock and Charlie Bowdry moved there, and they get to know Pete Maxwell, and they're friendly with him. Um, I think Charlie Bowdry actually works for Pete Maxwell. Uh, Doc too, potentially at some point. And of course, they know the bell of Fort Sumner, Paulita Maxwell, and the uh, indentured servant, I guess, De Luvina. Uh, so the, the real question is, was she Billy's sweetheart? Well, let's compare ages. If she's 32 and 1880, when he's killed, she's 33. Billy's somewhere between 19 and 21. Certainly could be. I mean, there's lots of men that like older women. Uh, that's not the issue. There's a number of women, though, in Fort Sumner that are m- closer to Billy's age that, you know, he probably has, I don't know, maybe more in common with. So De Levina doesn't seem like the, the, the one that Billy would risk it all for, um, but she could have been. But her own words say, I, I, uh, I came here in 1879, was here when Billy was killed. Billy was my compadre, my buddy, my friend, my friend, poor Billy. She never admits to being Billy's love interest. Paulita never mentions or um, or even insinuates that it could be De Luvina. Now, that could be because De Luvina, you know, by 1925 was... <laughs> you know, an older woman and may not have cared. And she might've kicked Paulita's ass if Paulita had told Walter uh, Burns Noble uh, that, um, <laughs> that you know, De, De Levina was Billy's girlfriend. Maybe maybe De Levina says, hey, I'm 
beat the crap out of you. <laughs> uh, who knows? Uh, but she never admits to it, but she doesn't shy away from being uh, being named as his friend. The other thing is the actions uh, really right after uh, Billy's killed. And again, you've got Poe has them moving the body down to the carpenter shop. Garrett has <clears throat> he and his deputies hold up in a room with the body, you know, afraid of being attacked by friends of the dead man until sunrise and somebody can go fetch Milner Rudolph and have a, a convene a coroner's jury. Well, D. Luvina says that, you know, in the uh, uh, in the carpenter shop when they lay the body out for the wake, whenever that was clear it happened at some point that she wraps her arms around Billy's body and she says, Oh, mi muchacho, mi muchacho, uh, my little, my little boy, not my, not me amor. So really there's nothing other than just rumor and, you know, kind of fifth, tenth hand, you know, speculation that Dee Levina was the girl that Billy was after, but there's not anything there. Just not anything there. So if, if the, you're never going to know if she was the reason, you're never going to know if, uh, if she was Billy's girl, but it seems like there were a lot more likely suspects, and we're going to get back to who the most likely suspect is <clears throat> before we conclude today. So uh, let's talk a little bit about D. Levina's uh, recorded testimony to J. Evitz Haley. Billy danced with the good people of the town. They had dances every night. Every night. Isn't that awesome? Like Fort Sumner, other than the killing and stuff. Sounds like a pretty cool place. Every night they have a dance, like no, nobody sits home and watches The Bachelor or anything. Pat Garrett wanted someone to call me. Uh, they didn't. Pat Garrett wanted someone to call me to see if the kid was dead, but no one came. In other words, Pat Garrett wanted somebody to go get D. Luvina to see if the kid was dead. Well, that contradicts the testimony that Pete Maxwell grabbed a candle, put it on the ledge, they looked in, they saw Billy lying, and, and there's testimony that he's lying on his back or on his stomach uh, in any event, um, and then they go in because they see he's dead. Pete Maxwell had told Billy he had better go as Pat Garrett was coming after him. Maybe, seemed like Maxwell didn't really mind Billy being dead. Billy said he did not care. He was not afraid of Pat Garrett. That's probably true. The night he killed, the night he was killed, Billy came in hungry, went down with a butcher knife to get some meat from Pete Maxwell's. He told the people he was going down to get the meat and took a knife and went to Pete's room. After passing the men waiting outside, he went into Maxwell's room where Garrett was and he shot him. The story is told that I was there and went in with a candle to see if Billy was dead. I did not do it. Pete took a candle and held it around in the window and Pat stood back in the dark where he could see into the room. When they saw he was dead, they both went in. <clears throat> D. Levina herself, June 24, 1927, says, I didn't go in. I wasn't even there. Pat Garrett wanted somebody to get me, but I, I wasn't there. Billy did not go to Maxwell's house often. He did not stay there. Most of the native people, Mexicans who lived in town, went to his funeral. Billy the Kid told me before he died that he was not so mean before he worked for Chisholm. Chisholm told him he would give him anything he wanted if he would go up 
and fight Murphy at Lincoln. After he had done this, Chisholm would not pay him a cent, and that is what made him so mean. Yeah, okay. I mean, maybe Chisholm certainly had you know some financial interest in the outcome of the Lincoln County War. Did he? Did Chisholm make a deal with a then sixteen or seventeen year old you know horse thief? Yeah, maybe. It just doesn't seem very likely. But we're getting off point. Uh, so uh, I want to get you to the right point. Stand by. When Billy got away from the jail at Lincoln, he came from one sheep camp to another up to Fort Sumner. Most of the natives liked him. That's important uh, for you keyboard warriors who demand that everybody in Fort Sumner loved Billy, and so they would keep a secret for the rest of their lives. D. Luvina Maxwell, who was there, you weren't there, she was. <laughs> Her words way more believable than yours. Most of the natives liked him. Most, not all. And the natives, now that's talking about the Hispanics. What about the Anglos that were there? Vicente Otero came up and said that Billy was at his house. Billy came to Pete Maxwell's house, and Maxwell sent one of his women's servants, Antonio Malino. That would probably be Antonia, I would think. A women's servant, Antonio? But anyway, into the room where Billy was, he hid behind the door and called her. When she screamed, she said, I thought you were dead. He said, well, I am not. I did not see Billy the night after he was killed, but saw him the following morning. So uh, that paragraph has been called into question by my buddy and uh, researcher, Joshua Slatton. Thanks, Josh, for all this uh, research. And there's more coming. Um, and he said, wait a minute. Does the, did DeLavina change her story and say Billy wasn't killed? No, no. Uh, this is at some point before Billy was killed, at least the way I read it, Vicente Otero and said, comes up and says, Billy was at his house. Then he goes to Maxwell's house and Maxwell sends his servant into the room where Billy was. She said, I thought you were killed, meaning, I think, probably meaning, you know, they were going to hang you, right? You, you, you're not supposed to be here. Or <laughs> didn't they hang you in Lincoln? But I don't believe because the next sentence is, I didn't, this is D. Levina, I did not see Billy the night after he was killed, but saw him the following morning. She didn't even see him that night. She wasn't anywhere near the Maxwell house, or at least the bedroom. And she would have seen him at the wake, according to her. So, D. Levina positions herself as a friend of Billy the Kid, which I firmly believe she was. She may have been one of his best female friends in the world, maybe as close to her as he was to his mother before she passed away. But I don't think she was the reason that Billy went to Fort Sumner. Or she could have been. I mean, you could have a really good friend and you want to get some advice or you, you know, you want to say goodbye before you disappear forever. But it seemed that there was a romantic notion about D. Luvina Maxwell. And we should figure out, or not about D. Luvina, but about somebody, and we should figure out who that is. Uh, her quote is um, get, about Garrett. This is later on. He was afraid to go back in the room to make sure whom he shot. I went, I went in, and here's where she, uh, she uh, contradicts herself. I went and discovered they killed my little boy. I hated those men. And I'm glad I have lived long enough to see them all dead and buried. That's the real emotion. I hated those men. 
and I'm alive and they're dead and good. <laughs> Spit on their grave. Dee Levina dies. She's, uh, she's brought to Albuquerque uh, in 27. It was in the fall, October, um, in Ill, Ill Health. And she dies in Albuquerque, November 27th, 1927. And she's buried somewhere in Albuquerque. I have tracked every cemetery record. I think uh, uh, I think Jason Young has got a line on that. Uh, but the, her grave is, the, the cemetery is near the highway. The grave is in an area, an old area that is unmarked. Um, you would not be able to figure out which grave was hers now. Um, and it was built very close to the highway. There was some uh, thought or some discussion that perhaps part that that part of the cemetery had been paved over. I can't validate that that's true. And I have not been to the cemetery because I cannot find the exact one. There is no record. I've searched all of the records from that time period from, uh, you know, 1927. Uh, there's no, uh, there's death notices in the paper, but no mention of a funeral home, cemetery, or where she was buried. And so, and I've spent, <laughs> I spent many, many hours on that because one of the things that my buddies at Billy, the kids historical coalition uh, are interested in doing is marking the graves of those uh, people who are in the uh, universe of Billy, the kid and D. Luvina Maxwell. I mean, just based on her own testimony, kind of Padre, my, my, my buddy, my poor little Billy was definitely in that orbit. But was she his sweetheart? A 33-year-old woman uh, who had uh, who was uh, essentially treated like an indentured servant. She probably treated nicely, but she sure didn't position herself as being a member of the family. And at some point later, she was released from that because she's you know living uh, around New Mexico, you know, doing babysitting and doing different things, and not for the Maxwell family since Pete's dead. Um, but was she his girlfriend? There's not a single shred of evidence or any specific testimony that anyone recorded at the time that says she was. But there certainly was a lot of recorded testimony at the time of someone who might have been his girlfriend. We'll talk about that right after this. All right, so who was Billy's gal? Well, before we get there, I want to add uh, one more thing. Um, this is the account of Billy's killing by Paco Anaya. And uh, while be, having some immediacy, the details are just so far removed from, uh, you know, wh what everyone else has testified to, that you can see how these things get started. And I'm not going to read you the whole thing. But Paco Anaya says that uh, the Billy was with Celsa and give me the, give me the, uh, Give me the knife. I'll go cut some meat. Walk toward the door. Uh, a few minutes later, we heard shots. Um, all of the uh, women uh, step forward, get to the house there. D. Levina Maxwell, uh, she's in the house and uh, she says, I'm going in. And then she goes in, puts a lamp on the bureau. Then she took away the pistol and put it on the bureau. Then she took away the knife and put it in the bureau. Then she took him by the right arm and turned him over face up. And then she screamed. She said, he's dead. Um, 
So, <laughs> I mean, that's that's just a that's completely unbelievable. He's laying there, shot, near death or or dead. But the first thing she does is take his gun and put it neatly on the bureau, and then she go, reaches down to get that butter knife, and she puts it inside the bureau because she knows these two things are going to be very valuable at some point later. And then she rolls him over and goes, "Oh my God, he's dead." I mean, that's just ridiculous. So, uh, you know, uh, I've, I've read some of uh, Paco and Aya's, um, you know, uh, uh, writings before. It, it, a lot of this stuff, the details, you can just throw on the scrap heap because it was just done so so much later. And people just invented so much stuff. You do it too. So do I. I tell the story of when I was a kid. Every time I tell it, my family gets poor and we had less and less to eat. And we were not a rich family by any means, not not wealthy, probably not even middle class. But, you know, I didn't have to eat toaster shakens for dinner. We had like real food, but that's the way it would seem after all these times I've told a story. And that's what happens with people. They remember things with a, with a color, with a wash, with a sepia. And so uh, the farther away you get, the less uh, reliable the sources are, especially when they are talking about someone else. But anyway, so we've got our four women, Paulita Maxwell, Abrana Garcia, Celsa Gutierrez, D. Levine and Maxwell. Who is Billy's sweetheart? Well, the first thing is it could be all of them. Billy could have just been playing fast and loose and said, hey, you know what? Tonight it'll be Celsa. Next time it'll be Paula. Uh, if I see Abrana, you know, I'll, whatever. Uh, it could have been all of them probably wasn't because, you know, he could have found four pretty women in Paral, Mexico or in Chihuahua or in Juarez. I mean, like he could have gone to Mexico and had the same reception that he got in Fort Sumner. Now, maybe as a creature of habit and a young man, he didn't, you know, have the forethought to think that, but, you know, there, there was, there was some reason he went back there. I think, this is just my opinion, De Levina is out. She was significantly older than Billy, um, that all of her writings talk about her. Uh, she talks about him as being her little boy, her friend. There's never a love. There's no Mia Moore. There's no, nothing like that where she references that she was in love with Billy the Kid, at least not in a, uh, in a romantic way. So I'm going to take her out. And we're left then <clears throat> with the big three, Celsa, Abrana, or Paulita. Well, who can we remove from that? The answer is we can't really remove anybody, but we can take the one that's the least likely to be Billy's sweetheart out of there. And the least likely one, based on my interpretation of the evidence, is Celsa Gutierrez. Why? Well, first of all, she was married <laughs> to a man that lived in Fort Sumner. I mean, just you know, a few houses away from Pete Maxwell. She was well known to be married. She had at least one, possibly two children at the time. And uh, it, it's just so, so hard to believe that uh, Saval Gutierrez could, you know, simply have waved his hand and said, yeah, go, go ahead and screw my wife. I don't care. Uh, give me another whiskey there, Beaver Smith. It just doesn't make any sense that that would happen. There would be a divorce. There would be something. And so uh, of the, uh, we, we don't see Abrana married, unless you believe she was married to Billy the Kid. 
and we don't certainly don't see Paulita married until January 1882. And so the least likely one, just based on the situation, is Celsa Gutierrez. And also, if you look at Celsa, you see that she was the one who in 1925, when Walter Burns Noble, is it Noble Burns or Burns Noble? I hope I'm saying it the right way. Uh, when, when Anyway, when he uh, comes to interview Paulita Maxwell, she's the one that's dead, Celsa. So it's easy to blame her. You just pile right on. What's she going to do? Say no? It wasn't me? So I'm willing to rule out Celsa Gutierrez. That leaves us with only two, Abrana Garcia, or Paulita Maxwell. And here's some things to uh, chew on, would we say? This is, uh, these pages uh, generously uh, sent to me, photographs sent to me by uh, Josh Slatton. Um, it's from the book, American Mythmaker, essentially about Walter Noble Burns, Burns Noble, Noble Burns. And so it's a, kind of a biography or a biography, you know, uh, talking about his life. <clears throat> I want to read you some of these passages here and let you make up your mind for yourself. While Burns was convinced that Paulita and the kid had been lovers double days, libel lawyers warned that he had to soft pedal it. His editor, Maul, M-A-U-L-E, admonished him, we have gone as far as is humanly possible at this stage in the game in making the saga of Billy the Kid liable-proof. Reluctantly, Burns agreed to change the name names of the kid's love interest to the ones Paulita Maxwell had divulged. Abrana Garcia, Nasaria Yerba, that would be Yerby, and Celsa Gutierrez. Each of them, she had told him in suspiciously Burnsian probe, had a Spanish type of beauty that you associate with castanets and lattice balconies in ancient courtyards filmed or filled with the perfume of oleanders. Celsa Gutierrez's sister Apolinaya had been Pat Garrett's second wife, but as Celsa was deceased, the lawsuit queasy publisher was less anxious about her mention. Now, this is the book. Paulita Maxwell's denial that she and the kid had been lovers lacks as much credibility today as it did to Burns in 1923. Texas Ranger James B. Gillette wrote in 1923 that Pat Garrett <clears throat> had informed him that someone had written from Fort Sumner about the kid being stuck on one of Pete Maxwell's half-breed daughters. Um, that's the words in the book, not my words. Now, obviously, Pete Maxwell didn't have any daughters. That would be his younger sister. That someone was Sheriff James W. Southwick of Messia, Messia, where Billy stood his final trial until I made a film with one more trial, who had written to Garrett that the then incarcerated kid in Messia had shown him a letter from his girl, a Miss Maxwell. Southwick told Garrett that he should watch Paulita closely as she was very much stuck on Billy. It was this information, according to Garrett, that led him to suspect that the kid was in Fort Sumner. Sheriff James W. Southwick of Messiah wrote to Garrett and said, hey, this kid's getting a letter or letters in jail down here. He showed me one, his girl, a Miss Maxwell. 
and Paulita, and here's the quote, she was very much stuck on Billy. Now, you have to believe whatever you want. You have to you have you have to seek out your confirmation bias. And if you're the the family of Paulita Maxwell that is convinced that she was not Billy the Kid's girl, then you have to throw that on the scrap heap and go, well, that's bullshit. But if you just look at it on the face, we have one denial from Paulita, and we have a number of stories that are circling around the old timers in Fort Sumner, and then people, I mean, a, a, a sheriff of La Masia. Billy the Kid was a youth of many light affairs, but he loved but one woman. Well, who was it? One of Mrs. This is, again, this is in Burns' draft of the book. So, again, you, you decide how much is fiction, how much is real. But you can see that the lawyers at Doubleday Publishing warned him that either you're writing bullshit and it's going to get us sued, or you're writing the truth and it's going to get us sued. So you better change it to bullshit. One of Mrs. Jaramillo's neighbors, Mrs. Jaramillo is Paulita Maxwell, in Fort Sumner is eager to give you the details. Of course, she says, everyone in New Mexico knows that story. Miss Odila, uh, I think it's Odelia Abreu, Miss Jaramillo's own sister, has told it many times here in Fort Sumner. There's no secret about it. Billy the Kid was madly in love with Paulita. <clears throat> After his escape from the gallows at Lincoln, he came straight to Sumner to see her, though it seemed a road to sure death. They planned to elope to old Mexico and be married. According to Mrs. Abreu, they were to start for the border on the night just after that on which the kid was killed. Burns goes on to quote Frank Coe to the effect, and again, did he really interview Frank Coe? Did Frank Coe say this? Decide for yourself. She was the only woman Billy the Kid ever loved except his mother. He also cites Martin Chavez, not Martin Tebes, but Martin Chavez, who, when the kid passed through Las Tablas <clears throat> after the Lincoln jailbreak, claimed to have advised him to leave the country for the safety of uh, Mexico. Not yet, Chavez says the kid told him. I'm going to Fort Sumner to see the girl who will be my wife. If I die, all right, then I'll die for her. Poe remarks, Paulita Maxwell was awakened by the shot that killed her sweetheart. And Garrett says, I was never surprised at the kid's devotion to this good, pure girl. The final book version contains a smokescreen paragraph that does not appear in the draft. And that's the paragraph where Paulita Maxwell says, it wasn't me. If I loved the kid, I would have followed him to the end of the earth, blah, blah, blah. But it was someone related to Pat Garrett by marriage and not very distantly. That was Burns changing it up and saying, hey, I can't get sued over this. And certainly a living person could sue for defamation, slander, um, you know, damage to their, <clears throat> to their, uh, their identity, their, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. And so they changed it. But all of the, the statements, even outside of Burns' interview, all the people all point around to one person that was the sweetheart of Billy the Kid. 
And if Billy was the number one outlaw, if he was the guy, the most wanted guy in the territory, if he was the one that everybody wanted, friends or enemies, then he should be with the number one woman that everybody wanted, which was the belle of Fort Sumner, which was Paulita Maxwell. I believe that amongst the women of Billy, he may have had a fling with Abrana Garcia, maybe even rolled in the peach orchard with Celsa once or twice. But I think his true devotion and the true reason for going back to Sumner was not to get money so he could go to Mexico. I mean, that's just stupid. There's no more money available unless he was going to borrow it from somebody. But, but he always said he made his money gambling or by stealing. And you could gamble and steal when you leave Lincoln by riding through Rio Rudoso and then directly south right to the border. There's plenty of money to gamble, to steal, and there's probably friends there you can borrow from. Billy the Kid went back to Fort Sumner, I believe, to be with his one true love, his querida Paulita Maxwell. And a lot of historical testimony backs that up way more than any of the other stories. Chew on that, and we'll be right back after this. I'm back, and now you know what I think. What do you think? It doesn't really matter what I think to anybody but me. You've all got your own beliefs, your own evidence, your own proofs, your own whatever. What do you think? If we took a poll, my guess would be that, oh, I'm getting a text from Steve Cedarwall, your favorite big cowboy. Um, <clears throat> uh, my guess would be a poll would point overwhelmingly toward Paulita Maxwell. My studies show that the evidence and the testimony points overwhelmingly toward Paulita Maxwell. And I think the only reason that it's not generally more accepted is that Paulita Maxwell was either the last one standing, Abrana Garcia and De Luvina Maxwell still alive by that point, but she had the she had the loudest mouthpiece. She was the one that could talk the loudest because she was the one that was being interviewed for this grand sweeping book on the life of Billy the Kid. Burns wasn't all that interested in tracking down Abrana Garcia or De Luvina. And so she had the you know, the last word, and that's the that's what the last word is. wonder if Brushy Bill ever went to see Paulita. I mean, I know that his, you know, he, he uh, didn't go back to New Mexico until 48. I guess he could have passed through, but would he, would he, wouldn't he have wanted to go see Paulita? Like, he wouldn't have put her in danger at that point, I don't think. Or John Miller, how do we rectify John Miller's story? He's with Isadora, August, early August, 1881 in Las Vegas, getting married. But if he's Billy the Kid, I mean, did he that quickly change and just abandon the great love of his life, the Belle of Fort Sumner? Every question or every answer leads to more questions. But I think, again, my opinion. I think that this one is answered, at least for me. Billy went back to Fort Sumner, 
with the intent of sweeping away Polly to Maxwell wherever they were going, however they were going, or maybe he just figured he was going to live there with her until he was killed, and maybe that's what happened. I hope you've enjoyed the women of Billy the Kid, <laughs> Billy's gals. Um, that's like Charlie's Angels, right? Could you see all four of them in the pose with Billy sitting in the middle there? Um, and uh, who could be Bosley? Maybe Tom Afali. Oh, he was dead. I guess he couldn't be Bosley. <laughs> uh, somebody could, though. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, no, uh, I have no updates for you on film. I have uh, no updates for you on any books. I am writing a secret book project, but it's um, it's it's something fun, and I'll probably never, ever publish it. Uh, because <laughs> because of some of the content, but it is in the uh, Billy the Kid world, and I'm just I sit down and write a little bit uh, every night of it. So, uh, what else is coming up this season? Well, lots of stuff. Uh, once the, you know, once the film comes out, we'll talk more about that. Um, I talked to uh, my buddy Brandon Dixon today, who has invited me to take the uh, most dangerous street in America tour, and. Uh, we're going to do that in the next few weeks, and then we're going to see if we can connect with old Steve Cedarwall and do a podcast with him. He's got some – he can't tell you. I mean, he won't tell you. He'll tell me behind the scenes, but he's got some really, really cool stuff going on that uh, you will just – it'll just blow your mind. If it all comes together, it'll absolutely blow your mind. But we'll talk about everything <laughs> but that if we can get Steve. And that, you know, these all these things should happen by early June. So we'll have a, a couple good episodes there. We'll do a podcast as we're doing the walking tour of Lincoln. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about some of the uh, some of the key sites and the little known uh, history that you kind of miss if you just walk through and just read the signs. So uh, some cool stuff going up uh, going on up there. Not reaching out to some other authors. Of course, if you know anyone in the world of Billy the Kid, that should be a guest on the podcast, whether they be a, uh, what do they call it? Uh, a friendly witness or a, <laughs> or a hostile witness. There's certainly plenty of hostile witnesses toward me. Hey, I'll give you a fair shake. Um, you can come and tell your story. Um, I'm going to question you about it, but I'm not going to cut you off unless you just talk forever. And uh, yeah, so uh, if you if you think you've got something to say, about the uh, life and times of William H. Bonney and Lincoln County War, well, by all means, email us at billythekidridesagain at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at BTK Rides. Check me out anywhere on social media, Facebook, Instagram, etc. And uh, this is it, D. Levina. We loved you. Or we still do love you. And we loved your love, your, your uh, motherly love for the kid. Thank you for being there for him. And uh, with that, I'll see you next time on All Things Billy.